This episode contains plot and content regarding infidelity and sexual trysts. Previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. We're going to need to figure out a way to find Hoke. We can speak to my, my good bud, Reginald Fartworthy. So uh, as you're coming up on Ryford, how do you guys want to get to the north bank of the city? It just seems safest to have Taylor drop us off there. Fly us up directly above the city, and we're going to jump off. Halo jump. Okay. <laughs> well, Dash, where are we supposed to find this guy? Well, if memory serves me correctly, good old Reginald is at... The Limp Serpent. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. The Limp, the limp Serpent. Dick. That's right. I like to stroll up and go, hey, Mr. Fartworthy. One of uh, my good business... Not so friends, Mr. Uh, Hoke Venderberg, I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, yes, Hoke. He, he has so many iron reserves. He's also in the conspiring business. And uh, we were hoping you would happen to know where he is right now. You know that I don't do too much dealings up in Chorus, but uh, Bindi, oh, you remember Bindi Spiteri? Of the spice. He has been getting his spices up into Chorus. From these ports, you remember that he he slept with the harbormaster's wife at Coruscinium, right? He's using his father's old boat. How do you guys want to go about finding Bindi? I guess Dosh will do the asking. And Donovan will do the looking. And Josh will do the touching. It appears that there is nobody on the boat right now, but they might be inside. The uh, sailor says, Bindi's over in the warehouse. Finrail says, all right, well, if that's that's Bindi there, then let's go say hello. Hey, Bindi. Finrail, what the fuck? <laughs> Be <laughs> cool. Who You're taught being... you how to interrogate? Hi, <laughs> my name's Bindi. Who, and who are you? I heard you uh, sell to uh, Mr. Venderberg. Where do you usually meet with him? Well, that's something that I don't readily disclose. And as he's saying this, the door opens behind you and in walk seven very large burly men. And the seventh man bars the door and says, Big D, I've been looking for you a long time. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Dicks. Um, why? Matt Smith. Come on. <laughs> I had something. All right, go ahead. It was dicks. <laughs> dicks times two. <laughs> Get fucked. Um, Double dick. Why do they put barcodes on their ships in Norway? So they can Scandinavian. Ha! Oh, Jesus. I want you to slit your <laughs> wrist with a rusty spoon. Instead of going to Matt, we're actually going to go to Brad Richards. You <laughs> fucked, Matt. Oh, crap. Uh, dicks. Okay. Um, dicks. <laughs> it's better every time. <laughs> it's just funnier every the time. The more the merrier. Am I right? Right. Now we'll go over to Matt Smith. Dicks. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck yes. And last but not least, Brad Renfro. Dicks. You're an inspiration. <laughs> yes. 
Say, do we all say it with a different punctuation afterwards? Did somebody exclaim it? <laughs> he questioned it. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> What's that exclamation? I wasn't sure if we were going with that or uh, like punchlines since he did the Navy one. It was going to do with my uh, where's the Dicks. general keep his armies? There's there a comma there. In ah, his so sleeveys. In his, yeah. Dicks. Dot, dot, Thanks. Dot. Ah, ah. gets it. Mysterious. What comes next? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know punctuation. Maybe you can do it with like an echoey effect, like dicks, dicks, dicks. Say, so did uh, Hom not teach you enough on your in her grammar Mondays? Hom taught me a lot of things, but how to pronounce dicks in different ways was not one of them. Dicks, semicolon. <laughs> well, you know what else starts with the D? Our Dungeons and Dragons actual play fifth edition podcast. And you know what else sucks? Dicks was that segue. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else starts with D is. Die for Die. that segue. <laughs> segue, segue makes me want to put my D on your forehead. Yeah. You want to know what else starts with D? D's nuts. You know what else starts with D? Dice, which is what we're going to roll here tonight, because last episode, we left off right at the beginning of a battle. After going to Ryford to speak to Reginald Faultworthy, Dosh's old contact in the city... Our adventurers, they made contact with Bindi Spiteri, who is a spice dealer and works out of Ryford and carries goods to Chorus, where they're hoping they'll be able to make some sort of connection with Hoke Venderberg, who is a very bad man and who is looking to have Trugala invade the free cities. But when our adventurers, led by Dosh and accompanied by Josh Donson, Donovan, Jack Jackerson, Taylor, Vigus, Vinrail, and Wilhelmina, Bindi was accosted by a jilted, uh, jilted husband. A cuck. Yes, a cuck. Somebody that <laughs> Bindi had cucked. So, yeah, that's where we're going to pick up, in Bindi's warehouse. And that means I'm going to need everyone to roll for initiative, please. Wait, now who's to say we even need to be part of this fight right now? Um, I mean, you don't. This ain't our business. You don't, but I'm still going to need your initiative. Let's go over there and talk to Phallus. I mean Phyllis. <laughs> Sorry, I had penises on the mind. <laughs> I don't believe I have any sort of initiative bonus, so I rolled a six. Josh rolled a 17. Josh rolled an 18. I need another set of dice. Oh, I'm sorry then. Seven. Oh, I don't have one, so 17. Die. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do have. Dick jokes. <laughs> so, the first person in the initiative is going to be Josh. However, as Brad mentioned, you don't even necessarily need to be in this fight if you don't want to. Nobody has started attacking yet. So, just so you have an idea of what the layout is, the far end of the warehouse, the entrance, is 100 feet away, and there are seven large, burly men. One of them is clearly the person who was cuckolded, and then there are six other thugs with large clubs. They've barred the door to the warehouse. Um, The warehouse is 30 feet tall. There are three rows of stacked crates, 
and above each row of stacked crates is a catwalk. And on the same level as the catwalk, so 30 feet up, there are windows in the warehouse walls to the left and right. All of you are 100 feet away from the people that just walked in, and you are with Bindi. So you say that the one guy is clearly the one who's been cucked, meaning we can we could just look at him and we could ascertain that he's just some guy whose wife fucks <laughs> other people. <laughs> well, more so because he said, Bindi, it's time we had some words. You fucked my wife. Oh, I thought he just wore, like, a hat or something. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we get into the battle here, or I guess whatever's to come. His wife. (laughs) Ha ha! Right on. Um, Are we friends with Bindi? I mean, I think we... Like, would would we support and be on Bindi's side here? I think we need Bindi. So we probably don't want him to get murdered, but... So don't antagonize the situation. I kind of feels like it's antagonized itself. Let's just hide Bindi in the boxes <laughs> and pretend he was never here. <laughs> Be like, oh, you mean this wife? That whore that was in the other room? <laughs> wife walks out and now she's here. It's canon. Paul, get the voice ready. <laughs> No, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. You're telling but me, but I will tell you that there are two outcomes to this situation, and uh, it's totally up to you how you proceed. Life or death. We can do this by fighting or just by talking it out, or by hiding Bindi in a crate and pretending he was never here. I mean, isn't this guy looking like directly at Bindi? We've done more. <laughs> with people looking at us. Okay. That's true. Say, they're a whole hundred feet away. <laughs> Just make ourselves look real big and he'll crouch, crouch down <laughs> behind us and sneak out the back. Um, you said Josh is up first, right? That's correct. And then is Dosh up second? Dosh is up second. Alright. I'm gonna make, uh, sorry Dosh, I'm gonna make you end up making the ultimate decision on what we do. I I pass my turn. (laughs) I I hold an action. Um, (laughs) No, what I'll do is I'm going to use my my knight-like abilities and uh, use my leadership uh, traits or action that I have where I can utter a special command or warning warning to a non-hostile creature within 30 feet of me. Uh, And then for an attack roll or a saving throw... The creature can add a d4 to its roll, provided it can hear and understand me. A creature can benefit from only one leadership die at a time. The effect ends if the knight is incapacitated. So, I get to utter words of leadership, and then uh, I'm going to do that to Dash, and then he will then get to add a d4 to an attack roll or a saving throw at some point, unless I die. What words do you utter? Dom. All right. Dom. <laughs> no, I just had to get the voice. All right, we're here. <laughs> Dom. Dom's a ho. Oh, shoot. I forgot what my voice was. Dosh. Everybody. To batteries and buttholes. Two things we shouldn't lick, but we do it anyways. If you get what I'm saying here is, this is not something that we need to be a part of, but we're going to do it anyways. Let's do this. Dicks. 
Did you say batteries and buttholes? Yeah, lick buttholes. Are there two things you shouldn't lick? <laughs> lick that, that guy's wife's butthole. But we do it anyways. Just like Bendy over here. He bendied that dude's wife over <laughs> and uh, spateried all over her. <laughs> <laughs> You got a spateria on it before you put it in. <laughs> I did not anticipate any of that when I came up with their name. Neither did she. Those were my words of leadership. Do you feel inspired? I'm so inspired. <laughs> Sorry. Um... I think it started when you said batteries and buttholes are two things we shouldn't lick. I think that's where that one went off. I liked it. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so so where it went wrong was the first sentence. Uh, yes. Okay, good to know. The first probably third word. <laughs> yes, but when you picture... I mean, picture the scenario. I'm holding a basket of fish. I'd likely set them down. And then I say that. And now he's inspired. Say, fuck, that's a good leader. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's worse than wisdom, I guess. Well, let's see if it's good leadership or not, because Dosh is up next. All right. What exactly did uh, the cuck say when he ran in? He said, Bender, it's time we finally had words. You fucked my wife. All right. I'm going to run up a little bit, and I'm going to hit him with old reliable vicious mockery. Okay. <laughs> so the the cuck has to pass a uh, seventeen spell save DC. Wisdom. Just run up to him, go, sir. Did you know your wife has a bigger pee pee than you do? <laughs> sir, your wife's dong is very large. I felt something hit my knee. Wisdom saving throw, you say? Yes. It is a seventeen. Why are you always screwing me on the vicious mockery? <laughs> Sorry, I rolled a 15 plus 2. Can his leadership inspire him to have a fucking 18? The creature can <laughs> add a d4 to its roll provided. Nice. Can hear and understand the knights. I think I think I inspired him enough to give him a little bit of extra courage with his mockery. To up my spell save DC. <laughs> um, let me see. <laughs> let me see. I just want to ruin this guy's full self-esteem. Say, we're just going to verbally abuse this man until he leaves. We will not engage in any combat. Not a single blow will be struck. Except by his wife. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is only for an attack roll or saving throw made by the person that has that die. So, sorry. The vicious mockery isn't going to... Um... Well, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say... He fucked your wife? Which one of us? You'll need to narrow it down. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, the man at the other end of the warehouse is going to take a few steps forward, point at you, and say, I have no quarrel with you yet, but you better watch your mouth before I rip it out of your face. Who? Did we make the joke when he initially walked in and said, you fucked my wife, and we did like the grown-ups where we all turn and go, me? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how we ended it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we made that joke, because what a perfect scenario for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to Jack Jackerson. Okay, well, as a priest, I am a man of God. Nobody hit anybody yet, right? Nobody has 
hit anybody or thrown punches yet. We've just been insulting them. Although, maybe we should have like a the spells pulled up so you can pay just piece through them. I mean, none of them are actually like aggressive. They're all just like supportive, like like lesser restoration, which is a fireball. No, it's pretty healy. Yeah. Actually, can I make? Hmm, do we readily see them with weapons? Like, do yes. They ha- okay. They have Six weapons. of them have their clubs drawn. Oh, their clubs. And uh, the last guy, the cuck, whose name you do not yet know, does not have any weapons drawn. But he does have a sword at his side. But they did just say, like, we don't have a problem with you right now. Oh, he did do that? Yeah, because when uh, Dash there tried to viciously mock him, he was like, yo, we cool right now, but you watch your mouth. Perfect. Can I, I want to ask him, I want to look at uh, the cuck and say, sir, what is your name? My name is Ilya. Yours Fuck you, Ilya. <laughs> so we're also 100 feet away, so we're, like, shouting. <laughs> hey, what's, what's your, your name? name? Ezekiel. <laughs> Fuck you, Ezekiel. That's a stupid name. What's yours? Tony. Fuck you, Tony. <laughs> and I want to... Can I ready an action, and can it be sacred flame? Yeah, you can ready an action, but you have to have a specific trigger. Yeah, preferably, and the country of origin. It would be like, you would say, I'm going to ready Sacred Flame so that if the guy up front takes a step forward or draws a weapon out at any point, like if you would bring out a weapon, then that triggers it to then you cast it. But I don't know, as far as how specific you have to be, that would be, I guess, up to Paul. This whole building is made of wood, correct? That's correct. I'm burning this fucker to the ground. In the name of Helleros, of course, because, like, I am a holy man. She'd be like, as a priest, I now pronounce you cuck and wife. <laughs> as a priest, I will tell you that your wife is quite holy. <laughs> I hope this man hears all of this, even though we are 100 feet away, and if this man gets within 50 feet away and looking aggressively, I will sacred flame the shit out of his face. He's going to be harmed. <laughs> okay, well, since you did just insult this man a second time... It is his turn, and he's going to say, All right, fine. You want it that way? Boys, rough him up. I want it that way. Look out, it's seven guys coming straight at us. I feel like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I hope they don't catch me with my pants down. So the man that you've been trading verbal barbs with is going to start forward and is going to dash forward 60 feet, bringing him within range of the 50-foot range that Jack had established. (laughs) So you can go ahead and cast your sacred flame. I don't know about trading barbs. He hasn't really uh, hurt our feelings at all. Okay. So, what does your sacred flame do? What does it look like when this man starts running at you? Well, when he gets within five feet, I take a nice, st- or 50 feet, my fault, I take a nice crow hop and hurl this sacred flame in the general direction. I don't think my aim is as good to specifically aim it at his face, uh, but I did roll damage to total uh, 10. Okay, well, first... I will need to make a dexterity saving throw, see if it actually hits. Oh no, 
He failed miserably. He rolled a total of an eight. Taken into the face. <clears throat> okay, so 2d8 damage, and uh, how much damage was dealt? Uh, 10. So that does hit this man in the face. There's a weak load this time. <laughs> well, actually, it's radiant damage, so it's not going to singe anything, but it is going to burn as if it were real fire. But then the man is going to push right through, finish his movement, and go another 10 feet. And then two of his cronies are going to join him, getting within getting within 40 feet away from you. And uh, since we have now established that you are actually going to fight your way through this, instead of going through this step-by-step step and just doing regular old battle techniques, we're going to incorporate the same mechanics we used for the war in the, uh, the battle for Chugala, where you have a choice of doing skills or doing an action, uh, an attack or a spell. And if it's a straight skill and you're just describing something that you want to do, then you'll roll a requisite skill check. If you want to just say, uh, I'm going to hit him with my sword and I'm going to do a regular attack, then you can go ahead and do that. That will then bring us to Donovan. You now have the lead, um, the cuck, and then two of the cronies within 40 feet. And then the others are still 100. Okay, so I want to try to get myself up on the catwalk and pull out my heavy crossbow and take a shot at uh, at the cuck. All right. And how are you going to accomplish that? By climbing the ladder up onto the catwalk, unholstering my heavy crossbow from my back, and aiming it at the cuck. <laughs> but with what skills? <laughs> with, an, a, with an attack roll. Oh, okay. Then if you are climbing, you only get half movement. How? Okay, how much do I have to climb? Or can I, uh, well, I guess if I try to athletically jump up there, like off the crates, it would be uh, an extra action, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I'd uh, either let you get all the way up. Well, why don't you just do it this way? If you want to do that, you can go 15 feet up, and then you can shoot from 15 feet up, and then continue up to the catwalk next time. Oh, yeah. Yep, I'm going to one-arm the crossbow from halfway up the ladder. All right. That's my plan. Let's see if you hit. I rolled a 15 plus 3 is 18. That will hit. And once I find the right dice, there we go. 1d10 plus 1. That's a 10 plus 1 is 11 piercing damage. Beautiful. All right, so not only do you stick this thug, this crony, straight in the chest plate so it dents the armor, makes it harder for him to breathe, but you also have just succeeded on your first skill challenge. Oh, no, I was going for the cuck. Oh, you're going for the cuck. I thought you said you were going for the guy in the back. Was the cuck not one of the ones towards the back? No, the cuck is in the lead. Oh, well, yeah, since my range is... Since my... (laughs) Since my range is 100 to 400 feet, I think I can only go for the guys in the back with that, right? No, that's up to 100 feet. Why does it say 100 slash 400? So one, up to 100 Oh, is 100 like, is an accurate hit. 400 is like max range? Yeah. 
Oh, well then, yeah. I Then definitely the cock. Is it between like 100 and 400 you actually have to roll with like disadvantage? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Well, yeah, because it would be inaccurate. Oh, then yes, I misinterpreted how that is, and it follows the fact that I said... You can only shoot between 100 and 400 feet. If they're closer, <laughs> not a fucking chance. For, for some reason, that's how I read that. It's like I an RPG word only <laughs> arms once it's like flown so far. It's like, yeah, it's like this is a long-range weapon, so you can only use it at long ranges. Because when it gets short range, I can pull out my two swords and do some actual cool stuff, but... Okay, well then... In that case, the cuck is not wearing armor. Well, leather armor, but not a uh, breastplate. So it doesn't stab him straight in the chest. It actually, like, grazes through the side of his stomach. And uh, you dealt a decent amount of damage to him. Yeah, my goal in mind being that maybe he's paying these thugs off, so we kill him, the thugs would be like, eh, doesn't matter to me. Not a bad idea. Um, but you do still have a success, and you are now 15 feet above the action. Two more of the thugs are going to start moving from the very front of the warehouse, so the 100 feet away. They are going to follow Donovan's example, and they're going to start climbing the crates up towards the catwalk. And they are going to get 15 feet up, and then going to use their crossbows to shoot at Dosh, and then to shoot at... Well, actually, you know what? Dosh only insulted them, but Jack threw Sacred Flame. So they're going to aim at Jack, and then they're going to aim at Donovan. The roll to hit Jack is going to be a 9. Well, my armor class is a 13. All right, so that's a miss. And then the second shot is going to go towards Donovan, and that is going to be a 14. Ooh. I'm an easy target, but not that easy. All right, so both of these bolts are going to go sail wide. The first one towards Jack is going to skitter off the warehouse floor, and then the other one is going to go shooting up into the rafters of the warehouse. And uh, we are now on to Bindi. Bindi is going to half draw his short sword out of its scabbard and is going to say, If if you help scare off Ilya and his ilk, I'll... I'll do whatever you want. I'll I'll help you find Hoke. What a fantastic idea. <laughs> he brings it up after we've already engaged in starting to help him. <laughs> yeah. Wilhelmina just stands off to one side, crosses her arms, and goes, Well, I bloody well hope so. Holy shit, I forgot she's here. <laughs> Billy. Billy, Billy. Billy, boy. Finrail turns to you, Jack, and says, How the hell could you forget that she was here? She was the one that brought this all to your attention. Jesus. Or, sorry, no, um... Haleros. <laughs> Son well, of Haleros. See, I, I don't believe in Haleros. Haleros um, Jr. All Hannah. Paylor. Son, Paylor above. Son of a Paylor. <laughs> and then Figus is going to say, Well, yes, I mean, I feel like we should help Bindi, but he also did a very bad thing, so... I'm just going to stand here with my sword drawn in case anybody comes at me, but otherwise, uh, nah, I'm not I'm not going to do anything. Oh, Figus, in this life, you're either the the cuck or the cucky. You'll understand when you're older. The cucky monster? <laughs> well, I, I understand what those words mean, but I, I don't... I'm not married. But, uh, yes, for, for honor, I suppose. And then the last two thugs are going to 
cut to the right, and they're going to run down the next aisle. Then Taylor is going to... Turn into a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's going to start climbing up behind Donovan. Yeah, you've got a much better angle from up here. I'm going to come join you. I shoot my crossbow down the ladder. (laughs) She's on the ladder underneath looking up, be like, I like this angle. Like, nice dong. I feel like like turning into a dragon would be uh, pretty much end this situation right here. They're like, hey, that guy fucked my wife. I'm going to kick his ass and then, like, fuck a dragon. But I have a dragon. to think that all our listeners look forward to these mid-rolls, but just in case people don't love spending time with your good old DM Paul, let's make this a super short one for y'all. Us hosts ask that you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a rating and review. We love seeing your feedback, which is why we'll read you on the air when we get your comments. And of course, you're always welcome to tell us your thoughts by tagging us at Death Saving Bros on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. We also highly encourage sharing our show with friends and on social media. You never know who's going to join us on our quest. For example, the past two weeks, we were in the top 100 comedy podcasts in Greece, even ranking higher than Conan O'Brien and Will Arnett at one point. So shout out to Greece. Uh, I'll have to come visit you this summer. So just goes to show you that you should let people know the podcasts that you enjoy in order to help spread the word about them. Other ways to support us include redbubble.com, where you can grab official merchandise simply by searching Death Saving Bros. Oh, and then of course, we also have our Patreon. There's tons of extra content, artwork, and more available at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. Finally, The last thing I always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that support us and have made this show possible. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado... We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. We're back to the top of the order with Josh. All right. Well, so for whatever reason, I keep ending up playing these like fighter knight type characters where I don't get cool abilities or magic or anything to really do other than to run in there and hit stuff. Um, I mean, you could wind up doing a persuasion skill. You could wind up doing an intimidation skill. You could do... You said there's crates around too, right? Yes. Do we have any indication of what's inside of the crates? Chairs. <laughs> you have no idea what's in the crates. Fireworks. Do they, do they look like crates that would be easy to get open. Yeah, you could easily kick them open. Alright. I'm gonna start there. It has a pressure plate. Say, say, okay, so if I go to kick open a crate or something like that, would that be my turn, or can I, for the flavor of it, kick open a crate, see what I find, and then base my action or turn on what I find within it? No, you're gonna try and 
kick open the crate before you find out what's in it. But you could theoretically wind up interacting with the object. Let's say that you find swords, you could grab the swords and toss it to your companions. Yeah, I guess that's what we're going to do. So (laughs) I turn to the nearest crate and I just go and plant my foot through it. And I guess I'm going to, what, use strength? Athletics? I could do athletics. And I know that uses strength, so that's cool. It's going to be a 17. That is going to be a successful skill. So you now have two successes, and you've successfully broken open the crate, and out spills a whole bunch of bags of different colored powders. Batteries. And... uh, <laughs> no, not batteries. Lick them. <laughs> they, they smell very, very pungent, like spices. You know, cumin, cayenne pepper, and uh, saffron. Those sorts of things. Ooh, get some cayenne pepper for pocket But sand. you also notice that in the various bags, among the various bags, are a couple vials. And it looks like, based on what you've seen in your travels... What might be potions? I pick them up and slug them all. <laughs> With no indication of what they're going to do. No, I could... Uh, 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 are you sure you want to do uh, that? I guess... Huh? Did, do you want to do it? It could either wind up being really great or really terrible. First one turns all of your blood into air. <laughs> Say, I guess... You, you said it, you know, can tell potions from my travels and everything. Are they anything like I've seen before? Would I have any indication of what types of potions these are? Anything like that? That would require an arcana check next turn. So my whole, by the time this battle's over, we're going to cycle through everybody's turns and all I'm going to do is keep making checks to like investigate <laughs> these potions in a crate in the corner. <laughs> so just slug them, get it over with. You can do that right now. You can slug a potion. Slug one. Slug one. You might get healthy. Vigus, are you still taste testing everything for me? (laughs) (laughs) But that's not you. I know it's not Brixie's. No, that's fine. I'm not. I I have no reason to slug him. That's. I have full health. I have full everything. Unless I get like a massive erection from one of them, and (laughs) I'm gonna hit you over the head with my club. (laughs) Well, are these all Bindi's crates and boxes? Yes. Okay. Can I just ask him, Bindi? What the hell are these? Sometimes I smuggle some potions along with the spices. I get paid I get paid double for the same amount of shipping. So I don't know what each one is, but I, I know I have a bunch of different stuff in there. Okay. Thank you for the information and intel. I say I don't think I don't potions think any or... of them will kill you if that's the question. Eh, I just I don't think potions or spices are going to help us in this scenario and situation that we're in right now anyway, so I'm not going to worry about it. All right. Uh, Dosh. All right. What did, uh, what did Bindi sound like again? Sounds, sounds like this. All right. Since my uh, vicious mockery didn't work, I'm going to step it up a bit. I'm going to use dissonant whispers on the cuck. So same deal. He has to... Make a wisdom save. And on a fail, he takes 3d6 psychic damage and runs away. And on a success, he takes half damage and doesn't run. And he hears he hears uh, a whisper that o- only he can hear. Of? Of Bindi just absolutely <laughs> railing his wife. 
Okay. Say, Paul, <laughs> I think you need to make the sound because you're you're the one with Bibby's voice. Just to be well, able to paint the picture for the audience. See, Ilya is the only one that can hear it. But Ilya does hear it because he rolled a natural one. Ooh. Ooh. So he doesn't only hear it, he feels it. All right, so... Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's the one getting railed. <laughs> he falls in love with Bendy. It's like, whoa, dude. Oh, get an extra D4 damage in there, big guy. Uh-huh. Like, what was that thing you did with your finger? That was crazy. <laughs> no, so the D4 doesn't get added to the damage. It gets added to the attack roll or saving throw. Aw. In that case. Well, next time. He takes seven damage as he hears the sweet dulcet tones of Bindi just going to town on his wife. All right. And he runs. <laughs> and and he just turns around and books it. He just started running. <laughs> All right. Oh, are you going to do the noise? No, I'm not going to do the noise. You're not going to use explain the whisper. The whisper's already been explained, and as I said, Ilya is the only one that can hear it, so... Are tears streaming down his face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he just makes gorilla sounds. <laughs> just dolphin. <laughs> yeah. So we have three successes in the skill challenge. It is Jack's turn. Three successes. Three successful things we did successfully. Thank you. Where's the guy with the uh, horrible wife at? 40 feet in front of you. 40 feet in front of me, outstanding. I guess I will just sacred flame him and the surrounding area again. Okay. Because fuck that guy, that's why. Someone has to, his wife won't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to roll a... uh, What is the saving throw that I have to make? Okay, wisdom spell save DC 13 to hit. Uh, the spell save is 13. All right. Well, Ilya rolled a natural 13, so he saves from the Sacred Flame. It's uh, it's just going to break over his leather armor, and it's not going to harm him. But I have a fucking mace. Can't wait to use it on his wife later. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. So Ilya... Um, as part of the dissonant whispers, is going to immediately run away as soon as he hears those awful, awful sounds in his mind. <laughs> oh, and he uh, he continues to hear them. <laughs> I don't have written down how long he continues to hear them for. Uh, I think, yeah, it just happens once. It doesn't say it continues. It's it's not a concentration spell on your part. So it's just this one time. And also later in his dreams. <laughs> and later in his dreams. But Ilya is going to run and then is going to get 30 feet away and then is going to suddenly stop, see that he's 70 feet away, and then start walking back, making up 30 feet. So he's now 40 feet away again. But he's going to be pointing at all of you, gesturing with his arms out wide, You think that that guy is going to help you find Hoke? You're a bunch of pathetic losers, all of you. Siding with him. He doesn't know anything about Hoke. I'm the harbor master. I'm the man here. How did... We never said anything to him about Hoke. So how did he know? Yes, you did. But also perhaps we chose the wrong side. (laughs) Bindi just said, I'll do whatever you want. I'll help you find Hoke. You heard that from 100 feet away? 
from 40 feet away. Then he definitely heard us banging his wife. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. And then the thugs are going to close another 30 feet, the ones that are on the ground. And they are going to shoot their crossbow bolts at the people on the ground. So Dosh and uh, Jack, because those are the two people who have posed some sort of threat. Josh is off to one side kicking in a crate, <laughs> so they really don't see him as a threat just yet. <laughs> and, and the guy who crossbow bolted the dude through the side well, is not a threat? <laughs> You are a threat, but I said they were focusing on the people on the ground. I know. Okay, so I rolled a 10 and an 11. Neither of those are going to hit Dosh or Jack. So their crossbow bolts are bounced out of alignment as they're running, and they go whizzing past your heads, but they don't harm you. And then it's going to be Donovan's turn the actual threat that exists in the rafters, the watcher in the crates. The two thugs that uh, turned the corner and went down the next aisle? Yes. Where Where is that, like, would it be possible for me to finish climbing the ladder and then, like, I suppose, jump over the uh, catwalk to, like, knock over the whole aisle and, like, you know, kind of like library book, topple it over onto them? Uh, you could definitely drop some crates on these people as they're running. All right. That sounds like an athletics check, right? Yeah, you could go with athletics if you want to use that. All right. That would be a 19. A 19 is going to be successful for the skill check. So you climb up to the catwalk, you vault over the top, and then you drop heavily onto the stack, onto the boxes, toppling some of them over, and they are going to come crashing down into the path of these two thugs. And some of the boxes are even going to hit them, dealing a total of five damage to each. And that is going to mark a fourth success. And you do have that one failure from Jack's ill-fated sacred flame. Okay, next we have the two thugs that started climbing up into the stacks. The two of them are going to reach the top. One of them is going to aim at Donovan because he is still within sight lines. And that is going to be a roll of geez, seven. So that's going to miss you, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I am nimble up here. And then the um, finally, a good roll. The other person is going to be shooting down at, we'll say, Jack again, because he's still throwing flames. So that is 21 total, and is, I'm guessing, going to hit you. Fuck no, baby. He said no. Yeah, Jack Jackerson has the power of God and anime on his side. (laughs) Unfortunately, I do have your character sheet in front of me, and I know your armor class is 13, so it does hit dealing you a total of eight damage. Owie, my tushy. Can your wife come kiss it and make it feel better? (laughs) (laughs) Only takes one action. Yeah, it only takes six seconds. Bindi is then going to try and persuade Ilya to let things lie and say, Look, look, Ilya, it, it was a moment of passion. We were both drunk at the bar. She... 
She told me afterwards how much she loves you, and she just, like, she never wanted to do it again. If you want, I'll, I'll give you half of everything in this warehouse. I'll, I'll give you the proceeds. Just please. It's, it's, it's all just a big misunderstanding. And Bindi is going to roll six <laughs> to persuade Ilya. So clearly Ilya is not persuaded. Well, yeah, because his wife walks out from the bedroom. <laughs> no, that is not canon. Finrail, Figus, Wilhelmina are all standing there. Their weapons are drawn. They're ready to support you guys if need be. But uh, but being useless. <laughs> but nothing yet has happened. The thugs that are in the other aisle are going to try and climb over the stacked boxes that have been pushed into their path. But that is going to take some time to navigate that so they don't make much progress. And then Taylor is going to join Donovan up on the catwalk. and She jumps is, down like, Jesus Christ, where'd you come from? I was right behind you the whole time. <laughs> I jumped off of the ledge, though. Did she just, like, jump over and follow me? Well, I assumed you had jumped onto the stacks, but did you actually ride the stacks down into the aisle? Oh, tally-ho, my friend. On the way down, I'm pulling out my <laughs> short and long sword. Which oh, okay. Is, so you're is. the lone guardian on that side. All right. Well, then Taylor is going to get up onto the catwalk, just survey everything and say, All right, let me know if you need any darts or a fireball. <laughs> but that's probably a bad choice in a wooden structure. Assess the situation. <laughs> Taylor, what and the fuck? <laughs> We're being shot at, you moron. <laughs> Do anything. <laughs> Jack Jackerson has a fucking crossbow bolt sticking out of his body. <laughs> in my ass. <laughs> there are so many things you should be doing. I have a wooden shaft in my ass. Oh my AKA god. AKA his wife. Me as a person, <laughs> I'm now mad at Taylor as a character. <laughs> my fucking tush. <laughs> Blue flower, red thorns. Say, uh, within the building we're in, would you say that there's also barrels of gasoline or fuel? Barrels of gasoline. Yes, you always mix your gasoline with your spices. I just didn't know if it was some sort of like factory style place where they had some sort of spare barrels of fuel. Yeah, they make dildos in the next building over. It's not a factory, but there are a few barrels of like corn oil. Ethanol. Not not Um, ethanol. Sorry, not ethanol. Like the things that um, vegetable oil. The things that machines are run off are of. flammable. No, not machines. There are a couple barrels of vegetable oil. Ah, sweet. That's not flammable. Is it flammable? Is that is it flammable? Is it flammable? Dinto's brother. Yes. How about whale oil? Since it's a fishery. But this is in a fisherman's warehouse. All right. Um. Oh wait, vegetable oil technically isn't flammable. Oh, fuck, Paul. How the hell do they use a Shinto's? It's inflammable. But it can catch fire. It, it can catch fire because its flashpoint is uh, 600 degrees Fahrenheit. So what is it used for in this? It's wait, lube. Never mind. <laughs> so so essentially, it's not going to go kaboom if... Uh, no, it would not go kaboom. If a fire comes in contact with it, huh? There's some KY jelly up in this bitch. <laughs> Two for a dollar. Hell yeah! Um... Everything is in wooden shipping crates. 
Wood is flammable. But there is a lantern on Bindi's desk. Well, yeah, still, if there's no big kaboom, it does not help me. They're going to take the vegetable oil and throw it on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to just cover yourself in it and then just, like, slip and slide into him. Slide at the bad guys? Sorry, there's no big kaboom. Well, the lantern has oil in it. Flammable oil. We're in a wooden building. I tried to light this whole bitch on fire and it didn't work. Yeah, but the oil from the lamp, you can do like a Molotov cocktail type deal. Listen, Paul, I was looking around for explosive stuff this whole time. Well, okay, so I'm going to toss a couple packs of spices by my fish. That is non-negotiable. That happens. I'm going to take a couple extra bags, and I'm going to take the lantern, and we're going to do an improvised fireball. Light it up. A bag of ground cinnamon, freshly grounded up. If I were to hit it with a lantern, it would explode. Wow, okay. Yeah, in um, enclosed spaces. Yeah. Awesome. What's going to happen is I'm going to pick up a couple extra bags to toss into the air. And while everything's up in the air, I'm going to take the oil lantern and I'm going to throw it up to come in contact with all of the ground spices so that it's going to cause an explosion. Kaboom. Love it. Great idea. And it's going to be intimidation. I would like them all to shat their pants. Okay, go ahead and roll it. It's going to be an 11. Really? Let's roll <laughs> dick face. I mean, do you want me to lie? So what happens is you throw the spice in the air, throw the lantern, and it just kind of... You're, you're like, I saw this on television once, and you throw it through, and it just... Nothing really happens. <laughs> no, I think it would still make the explosion. <laughs> it gets in their eyes. That's that's what we got. <laughs> Same more mild inconvenience. <laughs> so what you do manage to do is um, you throw it up, and the ground cinnamon is all up in the air, and it's kind of hard to see. And you throw the lantern at it, but because the flame is enclosed in glass in an enclosed space, the flame doesn't quite touch all of the ground dust. So there's a few little snaps and sparkles when the dust touches the flame inside the lantern, but it doesn't go kaboom. And instead, the lantern just hits the ground, and then the oil spreads everywhere, and now you have a wall of flame spreading on the warehouse floor. Say, and I would also hope in the air, there's just a cloud of cumin making it a little foggy. Yes, that is true as well. And a little gritty, and a little tasty and spicy. All right, so that is four successes and two failures. Dosh, you're up. I'd like to ready an action to use my rod of endowment. No. <laughs> hmm. All right, so the warehouse is on fire now. <laughs> uh, there is a pool of oil that is spreading on the warehouse floor, and it is on fire. All right, are we close to like an exit? Yes, you're at the rear of the warehouse. Like, can I, like, run out the door? You could, yes. I would like to run out the door and start screaming that these insane thugs in here have started a fire and use deception. Insurance, nice. All right, do it. Attaboy. (laughs) All right, that's going to be a 27. Is that good enough? A 27 is magnificent and gives you the fifth success, which is what you need in order to beat these thugs and Ilya the cuck. <laughs> Ilya the cuck. 
Is he knighted? <laughs> so you start screaming out there. Go ahead and give us a few shouts. Help, help. The psychopath is burning down the warehouse. He thinks we all fucked his wife. <laughs> He's which nuts. Is, which is a lie. Mostly. <laughs> and all of the thugs and cronies are going to look at Ilya. Ilya, who is faced with this wall of flame that is slowly spreading across the warehouse floor and is starting to spread onto the stacks, is going to look at all of his cronies and go, Ah, forget it. We'll find them another time. Let's go. And they're going to run out the front of the warehouse. And uh, that is where we're going to end our episode. Uh, our adventurers successfully helped somebody get away with cheating on somebody else's wife, which is not okay, but there you go. Yeah, we really we took the heroes. wrong. Yeah, we really took the wrong point in this uh, <laughs> argument, honestly, for uh, moral things. Well, we uh, we made our bed, so we needed to lie in it. <laughs> his uh, his wife was also in that bed, and there was also the point in time when the guy was just like, "Hey, that guy was probably just saying anything he wanted to hear for help. I'm the guy who can actually give you the information that you need." We're still just like. Fuck you and your wife. <laughs> yeah, but no, we don't know for sure the other guy knew shit. He certainly doesn't know how to satisfy his wife. Actually, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we were confident that was the harbor master. Oh, it was. No, we were confident that it was the harbor master's wife, but well, is it really his wife? <laughs> I think he just every... imagined the whole marriage. <laughs> they have an open marriage. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> well, for all those of you who are listening. If you want to find out what happens next, having beaten back the harbor master and gained the support of Bindi, follow us on social media at Death Saving Bros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Or, if you can't wait until next time, you can hear bonus content like extra episodes, bloopers, and conversations that are only available on patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. We have multiple tiers for all sorts of support and enjoyment. If you would like to keep in touch with us personally, I'm available at hbcamper on Twitter and at hbcamper.14 on Instagram. You can find me at benfro15. You can find me on Twitter at ima underscore b underscore rad. You can find me, chances are I'm on Reddit. And you can find me on the PlayStation Network as fatt-smith. And to all those of you who are listening in their cars, in their homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. This episode was made possible by our patrons. The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Ain't Getting Away With It, Bronze Coast Bastards, Grihu Village, Grimdocks, Busy Port, Helgisidur, and Pale Sanctum Duel are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved.
The songs Amazing Plan, As I Figure, Clash Defiant, The Descent, Hard Boiled, Moncoto, and Sardana are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0, and sourced from filmmusic.io. The track Fantasy Adventure is music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.